Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. We have a great show planned for you once again, but remember, please, to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and enemies alike. Yeah, we have <laughs> music news. We have we, Megadeth's new album. Yeah. We have Youngblood's new album, and we are going to talk about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard in our you know, uh, throwback spot, but it's yeah. going to be like a uh, ten-year anniversary of the Gizzard and the Wizard. Yeah, hit that theme song. And the Wizard. <laughs> yeah, here, here. we're fine. <laughs> So I just complimented myself then. <laughs> oh, we're rolling it twice? Uh, no, that was an accident. Oh. I'll, I'll stop it right now. Rolling it <laughs> twice. Didn't realize it was going twice. Anyway, uh, yes, welcome to another episode again, The Garage. Welcome, everyone. How are you guys doing today? I'm all right. Uh, I'm You're doing all right? great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We uh, just had crazy weather in New England, so we're all in recovery of like the torrential downpours that flooded. Every place and everywhere. You're the only one with a flooded basement. Yeah, I did. You guys, uh, I never lost power, but <laughs> oh, Alex, Alex lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's basement also flooded. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's old New England houses, man. What can you do? This is an old New England house. You do see any water? Well, you know, I think you're on a hill. God blesses this it's, house. It, it, it has to God do with. Yeah. Listen, no flooding, but also no phone service. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a trade off. You get five G at my house, so <laughs> you get one G here. No G. <laughs> no G. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, moving on. Um, we got some great music news for you. Should I go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. Um, well, the wait is over. The Osbournes are finally getting another reality TV show. This is this is a news story made for you. Are they? They're getting new teeth. Yes, they are. So the whole yes. thing is, is that Ozzy and Sharon decided that they're going to move back to the United Sharon! States. Sharon! Uh, they're going to move back to the United States. Uh, I'm sorry, back to England from the United States, rather. Buckinghamshire, to be exact. And uh, yeah, so the show's going to revolve around their move back to the UK, their adjustment to kind of like start a new life. But is it really a new life? They're filthy rich. They just basically have everything there when they get there. <laughs> Are there children going to be in the show? Yes, so Jack and Kelly will both be in the show. <laughs> what a treat. What a treat. Kelly Osborne, I guess, just had a baby or is due to have a baby. So I think the initial couple premises, like, or storylines, if you will, storylines, uh, will be the adjustment back to get back to the UK. Sharon is turning 70 this year. Um, so I'm sure that'll be a gala affair filled with bubbles. And I thought demons lived forever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, she just possesses another. I can't wait for you to watch this show and tell us all yeah, about please, it. I can't wait. I still it. watch reruns on YouTube, man, of the you original do. Osbournes. Crazy. I just can't. I don't do That's reality TV goes. anymore. And especially like back then, it was not really told, but he had part. He has Parkinson's oh. disease. And like it was clear looking back, it's like, oh, he clearly was suffering from that 20 years ago. And now it's like to a point where, I don't know, it might be a little dark. I don't yeah. know if I really want to watch that. If they're making light of it, if they're being real about the yeah. stuff. And I think Jack also has MS. Yeah, he does. Yeah. They and, just had a they uh, they had a like, TV show more recently. It was Jack and Ozzy like traveling around the United States because they're both big history buffs. That was actually a pretty <laughs> that was actually a pretty fun show. Yeah, it was. It was good. It's it on, was I think it's on show. Hulu, I think. I started watching it. That was, that was a good show. I was like, oh, the Jack and Ozzy show is on Hulu. Fuck yeah. <laughs> watch this shit it's right, right after Ancient Aliens. Jeez. <laughs> like, no, it's right before. Ancient Aliens oh is my after God. Dark. Um, so yeah, we'll be looking forward to that, and also looking forward to. I'll be looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, you'll you'll be looking. Cover yeah. Listen, you guys are gonna enjoy it just yeah. as much as I do. Weekly correspondent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll be reaching back for you, uh, Jeff. Yeah. Do yeah. you have anything? Um, well, of course, this past weekend, the September third was the first Taylor Hawkins tribute concert, which I don't know if people viewed on YouTube or wherever it was streaming. Uh, it was like a six-hour show. It featured tons of special guests, a lot of Taylor Hawkins' musical heroes, especially a, a bevy of drummers, mm. um, including his son, 16-year-old son, played on My Hero, which was really touching and emotional and a little overwhelming to watch. Um, but I thought it was really cool, and it was at Wembley 
Stadium, which has capacity of like 90,000 people. They're doing a second one at the end of September, September 27th. So view that one. And that's going to be in Los Angeles at the Forum, which is a much smaller venue. That's like a 17,000 person basketball mm-hmm. arena. So it will be packed to the gills with every American and world celebrity that can be there. And yeah. Should be another great show. The lineup is online, and again, lots of drummers and musical acts. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. kid's name is Shane Hawkins. Mm-hmm. That did that. He was really awesome. Did you see the James Gang reunite? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Original drummer and Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. So that answers our question from a couple weeks back: of was the James Gang going to have the original drummer? Mm-hmm. Two drummers. Yeah. So that was really really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also see <clears throat> Lars Ulrich and the singer from? Uh, the Darkness, whose name Justin is Justin Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Oh, That's what yeah, I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork, uh, by the way, didn't mention his name. His name is Justin Hawkins. He had a band. Yeah. It was probably confusing in that article. But yeah, you probably, that's true. That's you probably true. could have shouted his name out yeah, instead yeah. of the singer for The Darkness. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's just I'm not a journalist or anything. Um, also, he did multiple songs. Yeah. With Lars Ulrich and and, and did, Wolfgang Van Halen and they oh, did um, rips AC, on guitar. They did yeah. ACDC songs and yeah. he like sang his ass off and it was really good and um, I hope that's another like shining moment for that dude to like maybe the darkness get back together because I really love that dark. Yeah. They're together. They, are they? Yeah. Oh, With permission man. to land. I didn't know. That's the band Rufus Taylor Where? plays drums for. Oh, the son plays... of Roger D- Taylor from Queen. He plays drums. He's been drums with the darkness for oh, like the past yeah, five yeah. years. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting, everybody. Know. Yeah. So yeah, that was really cool at the concert. Yeah, those are the things that Paul McCartney played. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, James Gang. Also, if you look at any video from the James Gang playing while the in, from the audience, everyone in the audience is like, "The hell is going on right now?" <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is like remotely like enthused that they're playing uh, mm. Funk Forty Nine, their <laughs> giant awesome hit. Yeah. And everybody's just like. There's like a I want the video I watched is a girl turned around the whole time just talking. It was really great. So uh, anyway, yeah. But R.I.P. R.I.P. Taylor yes, Hawkins. R.I.P. Great tribute concert. Great yeah. performances. Yeah. Killer. Right on, Luke. News. Um, but okay, so this is Luke's legal corner. We're back with the FBI <laughs> this week. Oh. Um, so everybody, Mickey Dolenz, uh, <laughs> is suing the FBI to get his um files on the monkeys. Um and. Rolling Stone put out a list of other people in the wake of this who have also been tracked by the FBI. So I just wanted to give you um, a short list of artists here. We have uh, Richie Havens, Nina Simone, and Sam Cooke, whose files have all been destroyed mysteriously. Um, that was fun. Uh, Biggie had a file that was like almost 300 pages long, but that was mostly his murder. Um the FBI uh, surveilled civil unrest at KISS concerts back in the mid-70s. So that was a fun little turn up in there. Mm. Civil unrest at KISS concerts. I just repeated that one. Uh, Whitney Houston had a 120- hundred. Then they give you love gun. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Whitney Houston had a 128-page file, but that was mostly due to stalkers stalking her. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, also, Robin Gibb had an FBI oh, file. I saw that. But that was yeah. because... Enemy of the state, Robin Gibb. <laughs> well, he did what was, threaten... What was he doing? What was he, he up to? He threatened his ex-wife's um, yeah. lawyer and law firm repeatedly so that the FBI was like, hey, maybe we should be looking into these uh, threats. He was getting divorced at the time. But uh, yeah, Jeez. also Marvin Gaye had one that was interesting. But yeah, and Marvin Gaye's ended up being... Um, like other stuff like it really oh he didn't get paid for a concert and the promoter that he didn't get paid for got looked into so that's why marvin gay ended up mm. having a file so a lot of these are like incidental it turns out or like you got murdered yeah. none of them are really other than like the civil unrest at the kiss concert and the destroyed files of nina simone sam cook and richie havens which is <clears throat> a little sus yep. more than sus but um yeah so it seems like a lot of those are incidental quote unquote um but you know, they did like really um stock John Lennon in the early seventies. So mm. like that also you know what I mean? So Yeah. There's uh things that happened, things that didn't happen. We'll see what happened with the monkeys. This was Luke's legal corner. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> uh to to piggyback off of Luke's legal corner, uh now enter my courtroom. Um <laughs> uh so I don't know if you guys saw this, but Nirvana is in the news. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, you saw that. Yeah. So Spencer Eldon is that his name? Yeah, the baby um, that's on the cover. The baby that's on the cover of Nevermind. Nevermind uh, filed legal action against uh, Nirvana, but it was ruled. Um, what was it? Uh, it got untimely. Thro- it got thrown out of court. He tried to sue um, yes, Nirvana t- for being like sexually exploited right. as a child, um, but they found that the statute of limitations. limitations thank you. A ten-year statute. Luke's of legal corner. Yeah, Luke always. <laughs> Why am I trying to cover the legal stuff when I have the ten-year lim- limitation? So like, hey, yeah. k- hey, kid, you gotta sue us before you turn twelve years old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Really though, that's crazy. If <laughs> yeah. you think about it. Yeah. But um, also, um, <laughs> that kid did a giant article, and I believe it was Spin Magazine, about ten years prior to this. Right. When the album had an, mm-hmm. uh, it's I think whatever anniversary last passed. Twenty or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he did the uh, the cover where mm-hmm. he like did it as like an adult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man. I mean, uh, you feel you feel that's fine, but um, yeah. you know, dumb yeah. dumb Good dumb luck. dumb. Uh, Jeffrey, any more music um, news? Yeah, so um, the remix, 2018 remix of Pink Floyd's Animals oh. is gonna, is coming out soon. It'll be dropping on September 16th. So when this episode airs, it'll be coming right after that. Um, it's overseen by James Guthrie, who is an, an engineer and producer with Pink Floyd since The Wall. Mm. So it should be really crisp and really what the band wants. He's consulted both Roger Waters and David Gilmour on the mixes. Um, the track Dogs has already been, already been released to streaming services. And I love it because like Animals is a great album, but you can't hear any symbols on the original mix, mm-hmm. basically. And this new version, you can hear all the hi-hats and all the crashes and all the rides. And it like, just sounds less dry and less sparse. Yeah. Um, so it should be coming out soon. September sixteenth, and I hope it's good. Yeah, I did. Li- I listened to that. Yeah, that dogs mix that you sent. Yeah, it's cool. <sighs> it was good because it's I like love the animals too. The man. lead vocals are like three percent louder, and then th- there's just symbols. Yeah. Um, so. we should a b it for an episode. That'd be yeah, fun. That'd be cool. We talk about old mix, new mix. Yeah. Right on. Uh, cool. d- do you have any more? Yeah, I got a little something. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the indie uh, sisters Tegan and Sarah. When you know, especially from high school when I was in high school, they released a book about two or three years ago called High School about their high school days, and they did it together, which was pretty interesting. Um, they have a new TV show coming out based on that book, and it's like a um biopic about their high school life, so that's going to be pretty interesting. It's on out October 14th on Amazon Prime, and they also released a cover of The Smashing Pumpkins today to go with that so i think that's pretty cool like because it's they wrote a book about themselves in high school that would be i mean like if any other artist did that would be kind of like imagine like mick jagger writing a book about his high school life and then like making a movie about it um so different kind of band but still an interesting premise and i Mm -hmm. think a very interesting idea for the biopic so you know yeah it's kind of like a new a new move in that direction so i think that's pretty cool and uh cool for the indie heroes to finally have like their own biopic kind of yeah. thing so you know yeah when is that do you know when the show's coming out october 14th october 14th uh, so there you go i you know it i can't wait for like the pavement biopic or some crap like that like that's good <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean that's gonna be Skip. next <laughs> <laughs> that would have it'd be it, whoa, whoa hold on the only one that luke's watching or waiting for is the argent biopic okay that's, right. that's, that's the one right. They'd be like, we need more keyboards. <laughs> 50 years in the making. Uh, right on. I, I have one more. It'll Just real quick, um, if you guys don't mind. Um, so the band Merciful Fate, this is for all my metalheads who are hopefully here to you know, tune into our Megadeth segment coming up after the break. Uh, so the band Merciful Fate, Merciful Fate, I'm sorry, that is fronted by famous, um, I think he's from Hungary or Denmark maybe, King Diamond. Um his band Merciful Fate, which was really, really big, you know, way back when, have announced their first, their first North American tour in over 20 years. So that should be pretty cool. It's going to kick off in late October, and then it's going to run until, I think, November through November. I think it's just like a two-month thing. Uh, opening for him or them will be the band Creator and a Cleveland black metal band called Midnight. So cool. that should be I have... Danish. Danish, thank you, Danish. Yeah, I so from Denmark. Delicious. I have a like <laughs> my a, favorite, basically. I have an old record by a band named Midnight that I think is from Cleveland, but it's from like 1977. I wonder if that's the same band. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, 
Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. But anyway, just for the metalheads, a tip of the hat, you know, uh, Merciful Fate will be on tour in October. Why not? Perfect time for spooky season. And I have one last uh, news thing. Do you have anything else? No, nah, I'm good. Um, to segue into our next segment also, uh, recently announced that King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard are, in, are releasing three albums in the month of October. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Remember, I shouted <laughs> yeah. that out on that, but th- yeah. they're coming out now? They're coming soon. The band put up pictures with them holding the covers blurred out on all of their social media things. So, uh, Three albums? Three albums <laughs> in, in October. Month? How prolific. <laughs> it's exciting. Jesus, yeah, that is exciting. We, which brings us to our next segment, yes. our throwback of the week. Uh, we listened to the debut full-length album by King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard, which is an Australian psych rock um prog rock garage rock type of band it's called 12 bar brews it was released september 7th 2012 and uh what do you guys think about this record um this so like the ocs no this uh, so nope king gizzard is a band that i always kind of thought was like the ocs Mm -hmm. parallel band yeah um especially uh, this first record, it sounds very similar to the OC sound in 2012. From that point, it seems like the bands have splintered off in different directions and kind of become their own things. Um, that being said, too, uh, OCs have been playing a little bit longer, so this band might have been somewhat influenced mm-hmm. by them, especially mm-hmm. uh, the Yelp that is yeah. like all Woo! over this record is like an OC staple from like yeah. 2005. So um, I like that they were building off of that mm-hmm. and doing different things with it. The harmonica on this record, right? Was, yeah, it's something the yeah. OCs would never do. So you start to see that they have their own personality, and their harmonica is definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Another thing I enjoyed was. Um, the vocals, you could clearly hear all of the vocals. There wasn't that mm. weird filter that a lot of garage rock bands. Yeah, like the can, the can yeah. thing. Yeah, you could really hear what they, he was, you know, what yeah. he was saying, though, right? Yeah, for the most part. And multiple vocalists too, because oh. Stu McKenzie does lead vocals on a lot of their stuff, but Ambrose Kenny Smith, the harmonica player, does leads mm. on a few songs as well. Yeah, it, the, a lot of gang vocals with like five guys. Shouting out choruses and yeah. stuff. I th- another thing. Um, again, I'm relating this band to what I know, but like OCs, there's no choruses on any of those songs. Mm. All these had choruses on. You know what I mean? So it's not just verse and then like a guitar riff. A lot of these had like choruses and verses, mm. which made them more dynamic in their own way. I like that this band brings their like own Australianiness to it as well because you could tell it was it was different sounding yeah you know also great names 12 12 bar bruise oh great yeah. name great yeah. cover yeah like yeah, a what psychedelic it, king lizard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool man they're, they're they're a really cool band and what I heard you know I heard some of the like there's like black keys peppered in there's white stripes peppered in there's like you know what I mean like kind of that sort of juiced up garage rock before it, you know, that that uh, was kind of like bubbling into this kind of like thing. My my main um, experience with them was um, I'm in your mind fuzz. That was like the first yeah. thing I ever listened to. So this was interesting to go back and, and give a listen because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, this is I uh, immediately drew the OCs line because it's like kind of not. But it's like OCZ, but like, yeah, but know. then like 2014, it, I'm in your mind fuzz. That record turns to be more of like a like tame and paula e kind of psychedelic nature that yeah. throws over their already like garage rock thing they had going on yeah so it turns into like a much different thing later because i listened to i'm your mind fuzz after this because i'm like well the ocs got proggy like they went yeah. prog like mm-hmm. and dragons and metal what did this band do mm-hmm. this band got more like in the chill, like in the vibey mm-hmm. range of like, you know, like yeah. we were saying, like Tame Impala, where it's psychedelic, but it's not really psychedelic in the yeah, nature it, of it it's being kind like of its own thing too. Like known as acid rock. Acid, acid rock. Acid rock. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of fuzz guitars, a lot of levels of layers of things. Um, a band that pretty much at all times has three guitarists, uh, harmonicas or keyboards, depending on the song, um, bass, and two drummers on this on this album. The second drummer is credited as percussion, so I'm sure it just means a drum set without like sitting down at a drum set. So he's right. probably banging on a bunch of stuff. 
Um, I thought this was like laid the groundwork for what this band does. Like they make generally two to three albums a year and they've done these left turns into left turns into like kind of synth based dream pop type of albums. They've done an, a couple albums that are like almost thrash metal. They've done some that are like these middle Eastern atonal, um, microtonal type of songs and this album is like very much like you wouldn't necessarily know this is their first album. If you just jumbled up their discography, this is so um, full, fully thought out and like realized that this seems like what would be their fourth, fifth, sixth album mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not weak. It's not a meek. It's not, you know, that's another, that's another thing strong. to note too, of how strong of a release this is because Again, a band like the OCs had all that like freak folk stuff that's like for most of the population highly unlistenable. You know what I mean? It's like just guitar. It most people are not into that. This is their second. They have an EP before this. This is their second release, and it's like, bam! The idea's fleshed out. It's ready to go. Yeah. They have their own kind of sound with their harmonica. And to note too, you said the three guitar players. You tell there's three guitar players on there where. Other bands are really rocking one guitar player because mm-hmm. there's more. They're more apt to do a guitar solo yeah. that and have other things like pacing underneath. Um, yeah, I, this is a real, real solid record. A real solid band. It's really hard for me to like haterade all over them. I really like this band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, like a key to their sound in general. It it starts off this album, which is the sound of a like multiple oscillating analog delay that like on on all a lot of the vocals, mm-hmm. a lot of the lead guitar, they'll go like and does this ring like just yeah, shake yeah, yeah. thing. And that's how it starts off. It starts off with like kind of like plugging in sound check of that little sound. Um yeah, I love this band. Yeah. This is a very strong debut. And uh in their whole discography, like I don't I think they've done like 18 projects in 10 years or 19, <laughs> yeah. 20, something like that. Um, but to me, this is easily in the top half of their work. And I would say um, this album probably falls at like the fifth, my my fifth or sixth favorite yeah. album of them, of theirs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really strong 10 year and crazy. Like how, how, how much they've done in 10 years. And well, that's why I've, they're I'm a like, huge internet band. Like, yeah, they're not mainstream, but they're like a music magazine and internet band. They're uh, they're on the underground. They're yeah. the, they, I think they're again like the other band I'm referencing. They're more popular than that band mm. by far. Yeah, they pack everywhere they play. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're way more popular I think than the OCs are. I think, and the fact that they're uh, international right. is a whole nother right. um, thing to their sound. Yeah. So yeah. I uh, would kind of be on the that this band might be really really big one day like mm-hmm. i know that they have like an insane release schedule but yeah could happen you yeah. know and they're very much a band for these times like their their music is it's pretty worldly and <gasps> um well read and like t- plugged into the news and the issues of the day and global warming and global politics and blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. um so yeah i could i could see them having a big break or just like being a massive because they're kind of in that realm of like what a jam band's following is, which is like just a rabid fan base who like eats up everything they do, right? And packs all their gigs. So, um, yeah, successful on those terms, definitely. And three albums coming out next month. Yeah, I can't wait to, to tie it with a bow. I didn't love their last one, but I hope these next three are great. That's going to be exactly what I was just going to say. So, to that note, if you don't like like one of these that like come through the pipeline. There's going to be mm. another one that you probably do like just as yeah. much. So that's the fun yeah. thing about this band is like you don't have to anchor all of your love on one record. There's three more coming out next month. So, yeah. you know? Yeah, just like take what you like, right. leave the rest. That's yeah. it. Take what you yeah. like, leave the rest. Yeah. Right on. Well, there you have it. What do you guys think 10 years later in retrospect? 12 bar brews. Where they came from, where they are now. Um, are they resuming touring? Uh, yes, they picked up their right? touring back up. They uh, did pick it up at the end. Uh, oh nope, they're coming back at the middle of this month. I think the twenty sixth of September. Mm. Mm. If right. you need that information, you can go on my Instagram page at Julie's Spins Records, and 
I have it on my Instagram. It's in one yeah. of my clips. There you go. Hmm. There you have it. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with our two new album reviews. We'll be right back. Megadeth. Megadeth. Hello, me. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Getting the Banana. Where the music podcast. For fruits all over the world. <laughs> um, welcome, welcome. So we're going to kick off on our two new album reviews. This one, I will admit that it like threw me for a loop initially, and then I was kind of pleasantly surprised. The album is Youngblood by the artist Youngblood. With U's. With y- with you, Yeah, with U's. Y-U-N-G-B-L-U-D. Oh, uh, the name. Yes. Yeah. With I U's. thought you were talking about like New Jersey over here. <laughs> with U's. <laughs> no, because if you search Young Youngblood is also a rapper if you spell it correctly. Oh, yes. So uh, I oh, just want to like Yellow Wolf. make that distinction. <laughs> or the Deer Hunter. There's like... Three bands named The Deer Hunter. One is D-E-A-R. Yeah, one of them's from Providence, and they're pretty dope. Check them out. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah. Youngblood, Young album Youngblood. It's 12 songs. 33 minutes and 6 seconds long, so a pretty pretty well-timed, Concise. Pretty well-timed album. Uh, what did you guys think about it? Um, I thought that this album was a lot of fun. It had a lot of moments that were... Um, like high schooly, but not in like a bad way. Yeah. Like high school emotions, where you're like, "I love you, I hate you," or dancing. It also had a great throwback to bands like My Chemical Romance that I thought was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. The vocal delivery was Gerard Way influenced, like heavily. I thought another interesting thing about this record, uh, if we're talking new music. I talked to Jeff earlier about it. There's only like two songs with bridges on here, and if they are bridges, they're very short at that. So Fuck bridges. A lot of verse, chorus, verse. If you don't know what a bridge is, uh, listen to Justin Timberlake. Uh, he takes it to the bridge in uh, Bringing Sexy Back. Nope, take it to the bridge. Oh, does he do both? Uh, point of contention. Oh. It is technically a bridge. It's barely a bridge on that song. But yes. But you call Tim- that a bridge. Timber- <laughs> J- J- I'm sorry. You call that a bridge. Let me take that back. Timberland takes it to the bridge, bridge, and I'm bringing Sexy back. Justin Timberlake takes it to the chorus, I think. If I'm. Oh, oh you're now right. No, no you're right. You're right. Take it right. to the bridge. That's it's right. Timberland. Yeah. And then Justin Timberlake right. the chorus. <laughs> That's not the content you want. It's the content you deserve. So. Young, um, young blood. Yes. No young bridge. Blood, no bridges. No bridges. Um, verse, course, verse, course. A lot course. of verse, course, verses, yeah. which is also um, kind of a pop punk thing. And it's mm-hmm. definitely a punk thing. There are no bridges in punk songs, really. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Um, did you guys like any like of the tracks on here? Like, What was your flow out? What were your jams? What did you guys think? Oh. Jeffrey? Oh, so you look like you were going to say something. Pondering on oh, a banana. He's pondering <laughs> my banana. Um, I really enjoyed the duet with Willow. Yeah. Um, I like Willow's vocals delivery. It, like, I don't want to say Alanis Morissette because Alanis Morissette is so, like, her own thing. But just how Willow's voice and how she sings is so what she, her, like, one of one type of thing. Yeah. Um, so I like that song. I love that Willow song. Which was called Memories. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, my favorite song was probably the one that samples the cure. It samples the cure's song close to me. And the song is called tissue. Um, close to me is like one of the most iconic, um, what you call the cure, like new wave ish kind of emo, gothy goth. pop, new synth, wave, goth. synth pop stuff. Um, but that like, like a lot of this young blood record is very dancey. It's very amped up. Yeah. Yeah, um, that song, Tissues, like, it has that great, like, God thing, I'm in love, um, and tomorrow I'll be sad is, like, the lyric in that. It's like, you know, he's like, I'm in love, I'll be sad tomorrow, I don't care, I'm in love right now. Um, So, you know, it has those good, like, love songs on it. That Mm -hmm. Willow track, I really like that song. Um, I like when Willow, like, the emo lyrics on this album are really fun because they're, like, so extreme. So when you take them to, like, that extreme with the music, like, um... Her lyric on there that I loved was like, when my heart breaks just a little bit, I want to drop dead. Like, it's like, it's so extreme. Mm. And the way she sings it is really, mm. really good. But yeah, like the the way they're like throwing out, even the um the uh, first song in that record, what was the name of that one? Uh, oh, uh, The, the funeral. funeral. That song, 
is a lot of fun because it has like Billy Idol. Um, was that the reference That's you were going to throw out? I knew it. Youngblood is this the generation's new Billy, Billy Idol. Idol. I was uh, thinking that yeah. the whole time I listened yeah. to this because the yeah. funeral is dancing by myself yeah. all day long. Yeah. And it's a new take on it because he's saying, like, you know, he's at his funeral and, like, he's hoping that pe- more people would be there. It's, like, really emo take on it. And he's, like, wants people to be dancing there. And it's really great. It melds that Billy Idol 80s-ness with, like, mm-hmm. a new, like, take on it, which is, like, emo 80s kind of yeah. dance. Yeah dance pop which is what this is this is a cool record it takes emo rock and like jams it into pop music and that's working really really well which is exactly what billy idol did which was like i'm a punk rock guy but i'm really a a pop singer yeah like like (laughs) michael jackson could have sang all the billy idol songs and they would have been hits and exactly because billy idol was in the punk band chelsea they picked him out and mm-hmm. went, you're a pop star now. And he went, yeah. damn right I am. Because Youngblood, like, these are, they're they're even more pop songs than they are pop punk songs. Yeah. They're they they're radio pop, which is not a bad thing. It's just like, yeah. this isn't some, like, transgressive pushing the limits of what you can say or can't say. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's emotional, t- teenager-based type of songwriting. And yeah. Um, this is third album. This I I think this is his strongest album. He's had good songs before, songs I've liked, but as far as a total album, I really liked um, majority of this album. I really liked the ballad. It's called uh, "I Cry Too." Yeah, which was very like auto tune tinged. It reminded me of uh, the 1975, mm. which has a very auto tune type ballad called "I Like America," um, but it's very you know very British, very pop, very. Yeah. Um, kid friendly and energetic, and I don't, you know. I don't know if it's totally kid friendly. There's that like one line in that one song. I mean, but like, kids today, you know. Yeah, it, like, yeah. There's that one song in that one line where he's, uh, he's like, he's like, I might have an STD, but I'm still having fun. Like it slips by real fast, but I, I right, definitely caught that one. Right, but that's the you know be the like uh, what do you call it? Radical honesty and all that stuff like that's big with this yeah, generation, like what, you know, generation kids, and yeah. it's like it didn't come out as yeah. like something to be ashamed about. It was more of just like uh, you know, yeah. like this is who I am at this moment. And the stuff about drug addiction and heroin and drinking and stuff—it's very much like upfront. Yeah. To mention seven of the twelve songs are listed as explicit. I mean, right? Because you yeah, throw well, yeah, one yeah. f word in and it gets I think, explicit. I think more of what, yeah, what you're you're kind of saying is more like, um, it's definitely like for the kids' music, even though it is explicit at some points. Angst. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like this record. Uh, yeah, so did I. I thought it was good. Um, I was pleasantly surprised because same thing. I saw the cover and I was like, oh boy, what are we getting into? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because it's like it's just it's it's intimidating in the sense that it's like I know this is something that I never would listen to and i don't know what it is so i'm like oh but after you know so we stream most of the stuff on spotify i'm not sure if apple music has the feature but on spotify if you go to on the mobile device um if you go to the album page it'll also ha- it has like instagram story type uh things where he uh goes through every single song and after watching that like it really made me realize that's just kind of like okay sure it's it's a little you know it's the emo and the pop and all that stuff but like i think that there's a genuine message behind it man because like the whole time he's really just like bringing i like the idea of most of this album is like bringing people together and telling like breaking stigmas of like men being able to express their emotions and like addiction and like falling in love and sort of like these innocent kind of things that you let like you know you kind of go into and stuff so i don't know for me it was like i listened to the record and i was like oh this is surprisingly good and then i watched those videos and i was like i mean he he's just, he seems like a pretty socially conscious person it's just a little tough because he's got that royal <laughs> that royal london accent so you're like you know, it kind of listen. You're about to watch the Osbournes <laughs> reboot. Okay, get used to it. Listen, yeah. listen. They are from Birmingham. Okay, I can do Birmingham. I can't do um, London. But but yes, London. this. Uh, you know, I think that's a big thing, especially yeah. popular musicians now. It's like even 15 years ago, I think was like kind of the cutoff where popular musicians were like, ah, fuck it, I'm a kid and I'm a rebel and I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. And now, like, the cool thing is to be conscious and to be mindful and to right, be, right. like, As it a sophisticated be. human being. As it should yeah. be, yeah. Um, 
Any other thoughts or rating? I just want to shout out some lyrics here real fast. Uh, in I Cry 2, there is an amazing lyric. She got vandalized by stiletto abuse. Um, I don't know what that means, but I like the imagery. Um, and yeah. I'm all here for stiletto-based lyrics. Shout out Beyonce. Um, <laughs> also, um, Cruel Kids had a uh, lyric, uh, Hand Make Our Pornographics which was a fun way of saying that you made a porno, and I liked that lyric, too. Yeah, I saw that so, lyric, too. That um, was, that was, those were, like, two I clever. wanted to shout out. Um, also, the, in, again, that Willow song, the running, running, running mm. part of it, that melody is, like, the best melody on the whole record, I mm. think. Um, I really hope that becomes a pop radio um, yeah. staple because mm. I really think that has, like, potential to break through. But, yeah, those are the lines I just wanted to shout out because uh, – you know, stiletto-based lyrics. Um, there needs to be more of them, and I'm here to shout all of them out. So that's the second one. We'll get a super cut in another three years. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, song shout-outs. Well, I mean, we talked the funeral. We did We did quite a few. Any other honorable mentions you guys have? I mean, I Cry Too is great. Um, so I thought Sweet Heroin was a good song. Tissues. You like Sweet a... Heroin? That was my least favorite song on this record. Yeah, I like it. It was one, one of my least favorite. Uh, like only too. because I've heard um, about 50 songs Other, that describe yeah. a woman like heroin. heroin. Yeah. So I was just over Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but yeah. like the song wasn't a bad song, but it was just like a, a boring lyrically song for me yeah. but yeah don't what? go i like don't go oh yeah don't go is a good song mad was fun too mad was fun too that was kind of like a one that i thought was like yeah. a different throw up and i also loved the video of him explaining that song yeah it's yeah, the best yeah. one in he's the whole like, mad he just yeah. shouts mad. <laughs> he's like mad you know like crazy mad is <laughs> really I'm good going mad all right shall we do uh <laughs> yeah hit us with your with your rating i think there, i'm gonna go seven on this it doesn't take itself seriously it knows what it is it's yeah. fun if you are 50 years old you're probably not going to relate to it if you're younger you're definitely going to relate to this record it's awesome it's full of messy emotions um emo done pop i love it seven yeah i'll join luke i'll say seven i like this record i was really like yeah this is you know i was surprised as to how much i enjoyed it so yeah strong seven yeah i'm saying seven and a half uh i would listen to this again and i will be listening to a handful of the tracks frequently i'll you know, maybe skip one or two songs, but for the rest of it, I yeah. really like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool record. Right on. Let us know what you think. Um, down, out, down. Let, let us know down, what you out, down. Let us know what you think. On to the main event. <laughs> the symphony itself. <laughs> the symphony of destruction. This should be a, the throwback pick. Uh, yeah. Listen. Yeah, our throwback pick is like more timely than this is. <laughs> a bunch of 30-year-old guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Megadeth released a new album, uh, and it is called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. No, no, it's called The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you gotta read it. Right. Sorry. I, our apologies to the Mustaine Estate. Um, all right. Anyway, let's get off the rails. So, uh, so it's 14 songs long. Uh, it's an hour and two, uh... Yeah, hour and two minutes. It's a little bonus less, tracks. It's yeah. a little less right, than that. Right. You're, ca- you're right, counting, right. I'm counting the bonus. Yeah. I am counting the Damn. bonus tracks. Yes. Um. So you know, I mean, if I could start off by just saying like something that I told to Luke, just to kind of set the tone, we'll get into the actual like the the meat of the album in a minute. But I told Luke, man, like honestly, I like this more than I liked maybe like the two more recent Metallica albums, Hardwired to Self Destruct and uh, Death Magnetic. I know, yeah. it, you know what I'm saying. It's the I natural. Thought your, I thought your face was gonna turn the other way, and I know yours did. You did too. I was like, "Oh, does Jeff yeah. like those Metallica records?" I mean, they're fine, but they're fine. Right. But this is a lot more is, fun. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I think this is more bang for your buck as far as the thrash metal band goes. Like as long, you know what I mean? Like a legacy thrash metal band goes, making and that's a new album. Like, yeah, and making a new album and like going for it and 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 staying pretty true to like the Megadeth roots. Like, did Megadeth ever really waver in terms of stylistically? No, no, I don't think anything any anywhere near to the extremes that Metallica did. Not anywhere near. They had some kind of experimental phase that I don't know about personally, but yeah. I read about um, in the late 90s where um, that guitar player, talking about Marty Friedman, Marty Friedman ended yeah. up leaving the band because he was wanting to do more not metal, and they were like, we have to do metal. We're Megadeth. So. Yeah, right, um, right. 90s. But yeah, pretty much always par, uh, always on course to being a metal band, though. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I try not to, like, take it or make it, like, a cheap thing when I 
do the Metallica reference, but it's like the obvious. You know, but if the, we're if we're talking about modern thrash bands that still make albums, um, Metallica and Megadeth are kind of like yeah. you know what I mean. Anthrax, this, but does Anthrax release new music? Slayer released an album a couple years ago when they were on their way out, and that was kind of it. Slayer, is Slayer done? I think Slayer's, Slayer's, Slayer's done. done. Jeff Hanneman died almost a decade ago. Um, oh, I didn't realize that they stopped when he passed. Yeah. Uh, so the big four of thrash metal, which right. the genre kind of started in like 1980, basically, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax. Yep. Um, the first three were all based in Los Angeles area, and then Anthrax is New York City. Um, I think you know Metallica is the best band of thrash metal because, other than switching bases a few times, it's been a band the whole time. Whereas Megadeth is Dave Mustaine and three other guys around him. Yeah. But like, in my opinion, it's there's no doubt in my mind the greatest singular like musician from that entire scene is Dave Mustaine. Like, yeah. he's the lead singer. He's the principal songwriter. He's a great guitarist. He's like technically a rhythm guitarist, but he's not really a rhythm guitarist. He's like shreds and does tons of guitar solos. And um, I don't know. He's so so distinct, so unique, and so where Metallica is like the band. He is like the dude, though, from yeah. that scene. And, and yeah. you know. I think he gets a freer pass to also uh, not because Metallica was a much bigger band the whole time. Yeah. So they kind of had more expectation, bigger album sales. Megadeth kind of got to like float by and make thrash album after thrash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little more under the radar. What did we think of this album, though? Is this a return to form? I thought... Oh, I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it was like a good, mm-hmm. like kind of like reboot into the Megadeth legacy, because like I'm a hits only pretty much mm-hmm. guy, and I tuned into this, and it cranked a lot of the things I wanted, and um, mm-hmm. some of the things that made me go, huh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what did we like about it though? Yeah, I I like the fact that um, Megadeth has always like in the early days of thrash metal, like it's a lot of um, lyrics about um, society and corruption of power and mental illness and police states and disease and turmoil and like world issues. And Megadeth has continued to sing about those themes their entire career. Whereas like Metallica did that for three, four albums and then kind of had to be like, let's talk, let's go inward and talk more about our feelings and not the world at large. Um, this album is great when it comes to talk about modern day issues yeah. about, you know, world collapse and about police brutality and about power being used against people. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's great. I think it sounds good because um, Dave Mustaine had throat cancer a couple of years ago and he's supposedly a hundred percent recovered from that and cancer free. But you you think a lead singer has throat cancer, it's gonna affect things a lot. And like he sounds, he sounds the pretty same. much the like, same. Yeah, like, um, I couldn't. You couldn't tell. Like on the title track, he sings his ass off on that one. It sounds mm-hmm. great and awesome. Yeah. Uh, did I also thought that was like a cool like undercover COVID song because it's oh, yeah. about um mm-hmm. the black pl- or the bubonic plague, right? Mm-hmm. The black plague. Yep. Um, and that was, I thought that worked for them. I was like, oh, this is an Iron Maiden song about the bubonic plague done in a thra- like thrash, like thrash metal. Mm, yeah. It was really cool. It worked. It had like the three kind of parts that, um, you know, Megadeth kind of would do. And it was, so it's not thrashy the whole time. I liked when they were like more apt to like talk about like, like war footing mm. or like. Like on that kind of thing on this yeah. record, where they kind of get off on that is where I get off like with them. But the like Iron Maidenness of it, when they're going for like the Iron Maiden kind of story thing, where they're telling you something, I think those work really well. Especially the song about the Black Hop helicopter, um, which is what is that called? That's called Night Stalkers. Yeah, that song is really cool because it like takes his like interest in these helicopters that fly in the dark of night in war. And he wrote just how they fascinated him and how they work. And the story, the song tells like a story of how these helicopters go out and it's like really metal and cool. Yeah. What up, Alex? Most popular song on the album. Yeah. Um, Which and- one? Night Stalker. Oh, it's because yeah, of yeah, the yeah. draw of Ice T. That's what I'm saying. It's all those yeah. SVU fans. It also yeah, yeah. has um, Ice T of Ice T body count fame. Yeah. 
yep, and yep, SVU. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he comes in and like gives like a breakdown of like before the helicopters like go out, like what's yeah. about to go like down. Like a quick twenty second yeah spoken word. Thing. Um, I also said to Mike like some of these songs work like kind of like you're in like a Disney ride and it's like an immersive experience. Oh, like yeah. that Night Stalker song <laughs> definitely works like that. The other song that works just like that on this record is the song about going to Mars. Oh um, yeah, which is called Did you take the Mars Adventure? Mission to Mars. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> That, the spaceman <laughs> so saying that like i shouted out like the you know two songs i really did like this mm. is one where um i went like what is going on in the song <laughs> um so basically it's if you've ever rode the ebcot like ball ride where you're launching into space this is like the audio equivalent of that or if you've ever been on the lilo and stitch ride at disney world where like they go to space <laughs> Also, the audio equivalent of that. And that is not saying a bad thing. It's like an immersive experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's rockets going off. There's a countdown at the end of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. Well, give us your favorite. Hello, Stitch. Meet the real Stitch. <laughs> well, the craziest thing in the song is at one point he's talking about like some kind of like a Mars like moon a sirens yeah. ladies and he goes hey ladies and they go back to him they go hey moon man yeah. oh it's yeah. so good. just like that in the middle of the song because i heard it i listened to that song three times before i heard that and yeah. then on the third time i went did he just say hey ladies and they he, go back to him hey moon man he does it again yeah in celebutante oh, yeah in that song where what does he say? Yeah, you get the girls that are like, ooh la la. They say something back to him or something. It is so funny. So I'm torn because yeah, I, like, is this a weird owl thrash metal band? Well, or is well, this <laughs> was it fun? Yes. Yeah. But was it like serious? No. It wasn't serious at all. But, but I think he's in on the joke, but though. You know what I'm saying? But he is in on the joke. So it Satirical, kind of, yeah, yeah. It yeah, kind yeah. of played off like in a weird way because I was like, this isn't a whole serious album. It mm. has moments of brevity, and I wasn't sure I wanted to give him the mm. artistic license to have some brevity in there because metalheads a lot of the time tend to be like, oh, this is serious, man. Like, yeah. And... That was a, a lot of fun, like way too much fun to be have on a metal record. Yeah. But um, I don't really know how I feel about it. I'm still conflicted about that moment on this record. Yeah. I'm still like, I don't know how to feel about it. Oh, that. I like it. Because he's, he's, he's not that like angry sneering. He is like a more affable dude who does interviews and is like sober and found religion and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, some other songs I really liked. I like the Dogs of Chernobyl which is like the nuclear wasteland. I really liked the closer, We'll Be Back, before the extra bonus cover tracks. We'll Be Back is a great tune um, on this record. And I liked I liked Celebutante. Yeah. Um, I liked the song Killing Time, which has very like groove metal breakdown in the middle. Yeah, um, yeah just sonically and like structurally and songwriting-wise, this is a very strong album. And yeah, everything's done very well, singing and playing. Yeah. Dogs of Chernobyl, man. Chernobyl. Ow. Luke's been talking. Luke's been talking about this song for like the last week. Yeah, because he's I, like dogs of Chernobyl, man. Because like again, though, <laughs> yeah. this is the thing. But. Is it th like? Can you write? It's a. It's a. You left me song. Like a girl left him. Like and he's relating like the feeling of being left. Like leaving the dogs that they left at Chernobyl. It is a wild song, and it's interesting because. Who writes a I don't like you song like that? It's like, I don't like you because you left me like you left a dog after a nuclear uh, disaster. Yeah, it's it's very strange. But like, again, though, I found myself being like, this is weird. And I don't know if I'd give this pass to another artist, but I'm having fun with it on this record. I yeah. don't know what it is. You just go with it, man. <laughs> go on the ride. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think I think everything's great. I think the guitar playing is phenomenal too. Uh, they have a guitar player. I don't want to mispronounce his name. Kiko mm -hmm. Luriero. Mm -hmm. um, he's been with them since 2015. Um, you know, Dave Mustaine's one of those guys who always has like you know like he's had Marty Friedman for example. I believe he's had oh what's his name Chris Broderick. I think is his name. He was in the band Adler. Never, oh, Nevermore. Yeah. Um, I think, and then I think he also had Jeff Loomis too at one point. Anyway, Dave Mustaine has always had like a good lead guitar, like hired gun guitar player, uh, with him, and I think all the lead stuff on here is killer too, man. There's like some great stuff. This, you know, the drumming is good. Everything sounds great. 
You also, know? we really didn't mention uh, that the longtime bass player in this band just got kicked out. Um, oh, yes. So, That's true. Yeah. Uh, so that happened to he got me too is a fast way of saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had some. If you feel like looking it up, look it up. Videos I, leaked between consenting adults. I think it was really Dave Mustaine being like, well, I've never really liked you, man. So you're out of the fucking band. Well, jokes I, on him because. I mean, he's this dude's making. He's killing it doing this Megadeth cover band. <laughs> yeah, did you see the clips of the cover band that? with yeah. the electronic drum set? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, very good album. Bunch of dudes who are like sixty years old. At least I know Dave Mustaine is sixty yeah. plus. Um, we'll see how much longer they go. If this is kind of the last thing they do, I think it's ending on a high note. And if they keep going for another five, ten years, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. it's hard. I mean. He's had like nerve damage issues in his hand. He has like neck and back problems from headbanging for forty years. Like, yeah. and he he looks like a seventy year old man. Yeah, yeah. And it's a rough life to live as a rock star, especially in that type of music and yeah. scene and running your body down. And but we'll see where where things go from here. Yeah. Any ratings on this one? Um, I found it. Uh, this album to be conflicting because it's has those moments like I talked about. But it's a fun record. I'm going to give this a 7. Um, and shout out to all the metalheads out there. I know uh, you guys don't get a lot of love on the show, but we do love you and appreciate you. Yeah. This album's a 7. Um, I'll, I'm going to go I'm gonna go pitchfork on you guys. I'm going to go 7, 8. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, is it, daily, is it daily listening? For me, not so much. I'm not, you know, I love metal, but, like, I put a metal album on if I will listen to one kind of thing. Um. So yeah, I'll go seven eight. I think it's a strong record, man. And I and I give Megadeth so much credit for like continuing doing what they're doing and like staying true wish to their form, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, you know, doing it better than Metallica's doing it right now. I'm just saying. And having fun do it sounds like they're yeah, having, having fun. fun. Yeah, and having fun. Yeah. Yeah, this is very strong. Um I'm gonna say seven and a half. Um just because like thrash metal isn't necessarily the stuff I love. Uh, if I loved this music, it'd be a little higher, but I think it's a very solid, solid album, and uh, I like Megadeth, and I would say this is like probably my fourth or fifth favorite Megadeth album because mm. they have the classic run from like 85 to 92, and this is like right outside that. So Yeah, right on. So yeah. let us know what you think. Um, well, that being said. I feel good. Do you feel good? Um, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe, everybody. And rate us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. I'm yes. Julia Spins Records. I am the Bearded Morrison. I'm <laughs> May Jeffrey R. May Jeffrey R.? You changed it? Oh, you changed it? Yeah. Oh. But more importantly, follow the page. Follow the page, yes. Which is G-I-T-G pod. pod. Yes, on Instagram. Follow and, the TikTok uh, page. Yeah, follow our TikTok page and all that good stuff. Yeah. Find us on MySpace. Find say us go- on MySpace. Say goodbye to the people, Alex. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.